ShareCare, helping you find experts, the top minds in health and medicine. It's ShareCare Radio with Dr. Daria Long Gillespie on RadioMD.com. Hey, and welcome back. It's Dr. Daria. We hear a lot of health news every month. Sometimes it can seem confusing and overwhelming. So we have our monthly segment today called our A Second Opinion, in which I talk with Dr. Sanjay Gupta, and we'll cut through the confusion of that information to share what you really need to know. Now, he really needs no introduction. Dr. Sanjay Gupta is author of the New York Times bestselling books, Chasing Life and Cheating Death. And of course, he's CNN's chief medical correspondent. He's a practicing neurosurgeon, and in his free time, he is a wonderful dad to three daughters. Sanjay, thank thank you. you so much for joining us. Ah, Thank you, Daria. Thanks for having me. Well, and I am so glad you are here because I know our very first topic is something that I want to dive into. Something's really concerning to me is the Zika virus. And it's been all over the news, but there's still some things I want to know. And I know our, our re- listeners want to know. Number one is you know, it's not a new virus, but what's going on? Why is it suddenly so prevalent? Yeah, it's, it's kind of a really fascinating story. You're, you're right. It's not a new virus. It's been around really since the late 40s. It was identified in primates and in the Zika forest of Uganda. That's where it got its name. Uh, and then it was, I think, in the 50s before they, they found um, that it was actually in human beings. So, But it's been mm-hmm. around for some time. It started to spread, I think, in part um, because of the globalized world in which we live. Mm-hmm. Most likely what happened is somebody who, who had the Zika virus in their system uh, but probably wasn't sick, got on a plane, yeah. traveled to a place where uh, the type of mosquitoes that can spread Zika virus lived and were spreading, and that person got bit by a mosquito. Mm-hmm. Uh, that same mosquito subsequently bit somebody else, and mm-hmm. that started the transmission. Mm-hmm. And we know the little island of Yap, probably an island mm-hmm. most people have never heard of. You can Did you make find that, that up? on a map. Nope, it's a real, it's a real island, in Micronesia, but that that little island had seventy three percent of the population infected. So, I wow. guess that's what it means to go viral, right? Yeah, uh, that, that's what <laughs> happened. But then from there, it sort of just started hopscotching and zigzagging around the world. But there's mm-hmm. another reason, uh, Doctor Daria, which you, you'll appreciate, and and your listeners may already know, but. But, you know, when we've never seen a, a virus before, when our, when our population of people has never been exposed to a virus before, we don't have any natural immunity to it. Mm-hmm. Our, our yes. body doesn't try and fight it. Mm-hmm. So when a, a virus shows up all of a sudden that we've never seen before, it can spread much more quickly because it gets mm-hmm. into our bodies, it replicates itself, and yes. that makes it easier, easier for mosquitoes to bite us, take some of that virus into their body mm-hmm. and then subsequently give it to somebody else. Well, that so I was going to ask, in that island of Zap, do they have this issue of microcephaly or is it that they have, have this immunity before they ever become pregnant? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a great question. So with microcephaly, uh, we tried to look into this, but you, you, you're looking into a very small population of people. Mm-hmm. So yes, they have had uh, cases of microcephaly, but they had cases of microcephaly even before Zika virus was known to be there. Uh, if the cases went up from, let's say, 12 cases in a given year to 20 cases in a given year, is that enough to say, well, yeah. this is definitely due to Zika? When you deal with small numbers, yeah. like under some of these very small islands, it's hard to really draw a cause and effect. Yes. And as you know, the, the, no, no scientist that's say, you know, looking into this can say for certain that Zika mm-hmm. virus causes microcephaly. There are right. strong, strong suspicions, strong suggestion, mm-hmm. but it takes a lot of time and, and a lot of numbers, a lot of people right. to really make that connection clear. Exactly. And now I want to, 
it's, you're, you're right. And I want to take a moment because I don't think that a lot of people understand exactly what is microcephaly. It's a term that we're hearing in the news. You know, talk about you know, what it means and what are the consequences of it. Yeah, well, first of all, micro, uh, you know, as people know, just means small. And cephaly, mm-hmm. cephalic, is the head. So, mm-hmm. so strictly defined, this means small head. Um, but what we're talking about here is, is, is babies' heads and their brains not developing uh, properly during mm-hmm. development, during the time that they're developing. Yeah. And, and as a result, when, when we say that the brain is not developed properly, it means that certain cells in the brain didn't move to areas where they should have, and as a result, the brain didn't grow to its normal size. Mm-hmm. The skull didn't grow to its normal mm-hmm. size. So what you see is, is a baby with a very small head, mm-hmm. but what you know is that it's not just a small head, right. it's a small brain, and a brain that is not developed properly. Right. We're so not just talking little cute heads. It's really a devastating in in a, in a incomplete development. That's right. And and because you're absolutely right, microcephaly, uh, people who, who read about this will say, well, there's a whole wide range mm-hmm. of microcephaly. It can be, in certain people, more of a cosmetic sort of thing. But it really depends on why microcephaly developed. In this mm-hmm. case, if it's the virus that's causing the problem in the brain and the central nervous system, it's not just that the brain and the head are small, they haven't developed properly. And that could potentially mm-hmm. even be a lethal problem. We know mm-hmm. over 50 babies have died uh, because mm-hmm. of this. It's so terrifying. So I want to, the question that everybody wants to know, if a woman is considering getting pregnant or is pregnant, where does she need to stay away from right now and for the next three or four months? Well, you know, these are two different groups of people, women who Mm -hmm. are currently pregnant and women who are thinking about getting pregnant. So Mm -hmm. here's what I would say. And, and, you know what? I get this question all the time. My, Mm -hmm. my friends have been emailing me. I have (laughs) lots of friends who live in South America. Um, if, yeah. if you are pregnant, and, and for, for this conversation, I'll say at any stage in your pregnancy, although earlier stages of pregnancy seem to be a little bit more at risk, but any stage of your pregnancy, if you don't need to be in an area where Zika virus is spreading, don't, don't be in that area. Mm-hmm. And, and all those countries are, have been listed and identified. I think there's 24 or 25 countries now uh, that are on that list. Um, for women who think, well, look, I'm not pregnant, and by the way, I'm sure that I'm not pregnant. I mean, a lot mm-hmm. of people say I'm not pregnant. You need to be sure. Uh, yes. You get a trip coming up and yes. you think, I'm not pregnant. You know what? Mm-hmm. Be sure. Take a yeah. pregnancy test. I see this in the <laughs> ER all the time. I have told many a surprised female that she is pregnant who did not know. So yes. You <laughs> what? Are... Who? Me? How did that happen? Well, yeah. anyway, be mm-hmm. sure you're not pregnant. And if, if you are not pregnant, uh, and let's say you get a Zika infection, uh, and then a month later from now, you're thinking about having a baby or two months or three months, whatever it may be, you should be fine. The Zika virus appears to clear the system, clear the blood within about seven days on average. It could be a little longer, a little shorter in some people. But after that, your future pregnancies should not be at risk. Okay. So potentially if you do go to one of those places and you're, you're not, you're not pregnant, even if you say, I'm going to wait a couple, a couple of weeks or a month or so, then you should be fine. Because Zika, you don't always know that you caught it either, right? Because in some sure. people, it can be a very mild symptom. In, in most people, uh, Dr. Daria, it will be either mild or no, or no symptoms, mm-hmm. which is you know something I want to make sure doesn't get lost in all this because I think people are uh, frightened about this. And you know we, we want to make sure that you know, we're not 
trying to inspire fear at all. Eighty mm-hmm. percent of people, roughly, who get this will have mild or or no symptoms. Right. And you know, you may not even you, you wouldn't even know to get checked. You wouldn't even right. know. So the better sense of valor and caution here is if you're thinking about getting pregnant, just wait. Think well, maybe I could have had the infection. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I do know that if I had the infection, I got back from this area on such and such date. By seven days after that, by 14 days after that, for sure, the virus should be clear. I am no longer at risk uh, when it comes mm-hmm. to pregnancy. Okay. And that's great to know. Now, you mentioned earlier when you were first starting, you said we, the earlier stages are at higher risk. That was one thing I was going to ask you. Is one trimester more at risk for the other than the others? Well, it, 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 the absolute right answer, I think, is that we, we don't know for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what you're hearing from um, some of the scientists who are looking at uh, the children who have microcephaly, uh, that earlier stages of pregnancy, earlier trimesters, are probably riskier than later trimesters. Okay. But okay. Th- again, until you have enough data to really say for sure, you can't say for sure. No. What, what I will tell you is that the guidance for, from the CDC is, let's say me, for example, I'm, I'm probably going to go to South America to do some reporting on this. Uh, if I came back uh, from there, even if I wasn't sick, and my wife was pregnant, currently pregnant, she's not, but if she was mm-hmm. currently pregnant, the advice is that I either abstain or practice absolutely safe sex for the duration mm-hmm. of the pregnancy. For the entire pregnancy, because okay. we simply don't know for sure still what's the the, the riskiest stage. Um, but again, earlier stages are probably slightly riskier than later stages. And you're getting to the fact that we have seen people with transmission through intercourse as well, not just through the mosquitoes. Oh yeah, that that, that mm-hmm. that's right. I should I should have mentioned that because that is an unusual, a little bit of an unusual characteristic of of mm-hmm. this virus. I mean, you know, you and I both studied malaria. Um, malaria mm-hmm. is something that can be transmitted by mosquitoes, but not by sex. It's not a mm-hmm. virus, but it's a type of pathogen. Yeah. HIV uh, can be transmitted by sex, but not by mosquitoes. Yeah. This particular virus, Zika virus, appears to be able to be transmitted in both ways, by, by mosquitoes primarily, but also by sex. And what's really interesting, and this may be more than, more than you want to know, but I, I think it's so fascinating, and that is that there are certain areas of the body that are what are called immune privileged. That means mm-hmm. our immune system kind of leaves those areas alone. And one of the areas in men is the testicles, where semen is produced. And probably the reason it's left alone is because you don't want your immune system attacking your right. future progeny building blocks. It would, it would make it hard for men to have children. Yeah. But it also means that viruses can hang out there. They can more easily evade the immune system there, and they, they can become sexually transmitted as a result. So That's this particular virus, Zika virus, does appear to be sexually transmissible. Probably okay. not nearly in the same numbers as mosquitoes, but it is possible. Well, to that point, you said if a woman's not pregnant and she comes back from one of these countries, she needs to wait you know, 7, 14 days, maybe up to a month, and know that the virus is cleared out of her system. But it sounds like it could stay in the male system longer. So how long does he, does he need to wait? Well, right now they're saying that it, you know uh, the guidance from the CDC has been at least 28 days. Uh-huh. And... and, and it's a little bit of an arbitrary number. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not, we knew, for example, with Ebola, uh, the virus could stay in, in the semen for, I think, a few months even afterwards. So mm-hmm. there are probably going to be clearer numbers on that, again, as we see as this is tested and examined more and more. But right now, the, again, the, the big concern still, though, is that once a pregnancy has already, uh, you know, a woman's already pregnant, getting an infection at that point seems to be the biggest concern. Got it. Okay, so the thought being that if she's not already pregnant or 
then it's less Correct. of an issue. I got it. Okay. But it sounds like this is something that you know we're saying women, if they're you know considering getting pregnant, men who are spouses or partners of women who are considering being pregnant need to be careful as well. Is the bottom yeah, line. I mean, this, and, and you know what's fascinating, Dr. Jari? This is real time that we're learning this. Mm-hmm. I mean, you and I have studied all kinds of no. different diseases over our medical careers. This is one that we probably didn't study. There was no reason no. to. It and we are learning about this. I mean, look, most people didn't really know about Ebola up until the last 18 yeah. months. Mm-hmm. And now we're learning about Zika. And you know what? We'll be learning about another pathogen soon as well. That's not to scare people. But again, it's the world in which we live. Uh, mm-hmm. Pathogens that were typically just living in a very small area of the world, uh, can now travel all over. So mm-hmm. an infectious disease anywhere in the world now is an infectious disease everywhere in the world. And yes. it doesn't mean they're necessarily deadly, but it is something we have to be mindful of. It is, and it's, especially since it, as they get transmitted to a different part of the world, as you mentioned, you're faced with a virus to which your body doesn't have immunity. Mm-hmm. So it may, may have different outcomes as well. Exactly. Speaking, one last question on this, speaking of transporting to a different part of the world, we talked earlier about the Aedes mosquito in the summer can come up the East Coast, but you were saying that it may not actually carry the Zika virus up the East Coast. What do we need to know about it coming into May, June, July? What I would tell you is that the, so the mosquito that we're talking about is the female Aedes aegypti mosquito. It's a mosquito that tends to uh, be a daytime biter. So these are the mosquitoes that are biting you during the daytime as opposed to the malaria mosquito, for example, which bites at night. Um, there are other diseases, uh, other infectious diseases that this particular mosquito has carried. Uh, dengue fever mm-hmm. is an example of that. Yeah. Chikungunya is an example yeah. of that. Which we were hearing a lot about about a year ago or so. That's right. And so we have these same mosquitoes in the United States, primarily in the southern states, but we've never, despite the fact that dengue has tens of millions of cases of dengue fever around the world every year, you you only see really limited outbreaks in the United States. So it's not just the mosquitoes that are necessary for this to start spreading, it's also the conditions. Mm -hmm. Um, This may sound very simple, but screens on windows, Mm -hmm. air-conditioned buildings, not having standing water like you might see in a very urbanized area uh, makes a huge difference. Where you see this spreading a lot, for example, in places uh, like in Brazil, it's typically areas that don't have some of those amenities that we take very much for mm-hmm. granted. So uh, the mosquitoes are here. The, the mosquitoes that transmit Zika are here, and they've been here for a long time. But that's just one of the ingredients necessary for this to start spreading. My prediction is that we will see more cases of Zika in the United States. The majority of them will be from people who've traveled to one of these countries. Mm-hmm. And we will see some localized outbreaks of Zika like we have of dengue. But I don't think we're going to see the numbers like they've seen in South America. Do women who are considering being pregnant, you know, or are in the early stages of pregnancy right now, so they'll be pregnant this summer, do they need to do anything extra if they're in the southeastern portions of the U.S.? Yeah, you know, that's, that's, that's a great question. You know, I live in the southeastern part of the yeah, U.S. Yeah, we're here States. in Atlanta. Exactly. We're here. I would say that it's going to be the same guidance that, um, you know, women are getting anywhere else with, with mosquitoes. You know, you, you, you just want to do all you can to prevent mosquito bites. Uh, obviously, I know that that's uh, not, yeah. not practical, that you can't. And mosquitoes yeah. sometimes can be really hard to avoid. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, again, the idea of it starting to spread, which is really the big concern, if it starts to spread in this area, that would be the biggest concern for women who are pregnant. Um, and I, I just... I think that's very unlikely in, in a place like Atlanta 
In certain okay. places in South Florida and South Texas, for example, it's going to be more likely. And I think some of the precautions that are going to need to be taken there are going to be stricter than in years past, mm-hmm. eliminating all sources of standing water, using insecticides in certain areas to prevent mosquitoes, and uh, you know, really limiting um, the amount of time that women uh, are potentially exposed to mosquitoes. I don't think the idea of, of mandatory delay of pregnancy, like they've talked about in El Salvador, for example, mm-hmm. is practical or something that would work in the United States. Okay, so good to know, and and hopefully may not be necessary. You mentioned some of the insecticides. Insecticides. Number one, if somebody is a woman is pregnant, you know, what do you recommend that she use for mosquito repellent? Because she doesn't. Well, you know, I asked I asked the the folks at the CDC that very question. I said, I hope we're not giving mixed messages here. On one hand, we're saying, uh, if you're a pregnant woman, you need to you know be more concerned about uh, Zika virus. On the other hand, we're telling you to use lots and lots of bug spray. Is that okay for you, mom, and for Mm -hmm. baby as well? And the answer that I've gotten, and we've talked to several people, is that the, inse- the, the type of insect repellents that you buy uh, with DEET are fine. You don't absorb enough of, a, of it across the skin to be a problem either, either for mother or for baby. So I think use those insect sprays. Make sure you're, you're not being sparing with them because you're concerned about impact on baby. They mm-hmm. seem to be safe. Mm-hmm. Um, there's and use clothing. Co- you can use long sleeve clothing, things that are going to minimize the chances that you'll actually get bitten in the first place as well or attract insects. Absolutely. Um, There's all sorts of different strategies for that now, but long sleeve clothing and I mean, some of this is not going to feel like it's earth shattering information. Mm -hmm. People do the best they can to avoid mosquitoes. Okay. Now, on on the last question on that, you mentioned, you know, doing harm by the insecticide that we're trying to, to use to target the mosquitoes. There have been some conversations that it was a larvicide itself that may have had an impact and be a catalyst for some of these microcephaly cases. What's the truth on that? Well, let me tell you two things. First of all, even all that you're hearing about Zika virus and microcephaly, the absolute cause and effect has not been established. We can't Mm -hmm. say absolutely 100% that the Zika virus causes microcephaly. But, you know, look, the suspicion is is really, really strong, and it can Mm -hmm. take a long time to develop those cause and effect relationships. What has happened more recently is that a group of doctors in Argentina um, basically have said that the larvicide known as piraproxifen could be behind the microcephaly. So they're saying it's not the Zika virus, it's mm-hmm. the insecticide that's mm-hmm. actually causing the problem. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, we looked into this. Um, first of all, the World, World Health Organization has mm-hmm. looked into this and said that there's no evidence of that. We mm-hmm. know that in areas where they don't use this, this larvicide, there have still been an increase in microcephaly cases, mm-hmm. and there's really no evidence that the, this insecticide is causing these problems. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, look, we've seen it over and over again. When there's a vacuum of information, sometimes bad right. information will fill that vacuum. Okay. Right now, you know, use the insecticides. It's one of your best bets. All right. Dr. Sanjay Gupta, thank you so much. Thanks for clearing that up for us. We will all try to keep Got safer. Uh, remember, all of our listeners, you can follow Dr. Gupta on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Dr. Sanjay Gupta, Twitter at Dr. Sanjay Gupta, or order his books, Chasing Life, Cheating Death, and Monday Morning on Amazon. Don't forget, listen to us at Share, tweet us at Sharecare Inc. or meet at Dr. Daria. Thanks for listening to Sharecare Radio on Radio MD. We'll talk to you next week and stay well. Stay well.